0: You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest, who is Sarah Jane Lewis. Sarah is a life coach who helps women overcome adversity so that they can live the life that they're meant to be leading. And with this podcast, this podcast, as you know, is called Making Money Online. And everything that we talk about gears towards that. And it's really interesting because quite a lot of people have said, you're interviewing people that have nothing to do with making money online. And it's so funny because it couldn't be further from the truth because once you heal who, you know, like the things that are going on in your life and once you start having even an idea of what you want your life to look like and working towards that, that's when you start making money online. So it's actually all really, really important. It's important that we do delve into subjects that are about adversity and that are about the life that you could have because when people can't see what they could be doing they don't even think they can make money online and it changes everything Um, I know because I've been through it so I'm really excited to speak to Sarah Jane Lewis today because I think there are so many people out there who aren't living the life they were meant to and I was one of those people that were was living a life that I thought you know I've just fallen into this life. This is this is how it is. This is how it has to be. And then decided one day, no, I'm going to completely rewrite my story. And, and Sarah has done exactly the same thing. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah Jane.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: No problem. It's good to have you here. I want to go back a little bit with you to the life that you were living before And at first, you know, you were in a relationship, you were married, and you didn't actually think that you were living the wrong life at that point. What brought to your, what kind of happened to make you think, this isn't the life I should be living, this isn't how it's supposed to be?
1: I think it was always there. I always had these moments of what the hell is going on like going to bed crying waking up dreading for the day ahead or dreading the weekends to happen because you can't bear the thought of spending like family time together because it's just awful it's just not fun or you you spend the end of the weekend feeling more drained than when you started and I think I went through periods of just numbing everything and pretending everything was okay and then something would pop up again. You'd go, oh, it's happened again. OK, what do I need to do this time to fix it? And I think the, the pivotal moment was after having baby number two, I'd lost a baby, there was telltale signs that things weren't right. We weren't communicating. There was no kind of real love or trust in the relationship. And I decided to put myself first. I was very overweight. I was told I was overweight and that I should do something about it. So I did.
0: Um, by your, By your husband? i was
1: fat mama lula that was nice yes and amongst other words which was all a joke you know as as they do but you know words cut deep after a while when they're repeated as well and i think the pivotal point was i remember very clearly august two o'clock in the morning finished off my second bottle of red wine binge watching mad men on netflix because That moment in the middle of the night when nobody else is awake, you're by yourself. It was just my time. And I thought, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep having the hangovers. I can't keep numbing this pain that is very clearly there that I'm trying to avoid constantly. So I went on this, just started very easily, just eating better, moving my body and just making time each day for myself. And very quickly, within a, a few weeks, I felt so much better. My head felt clear. I was losing weight. And people were making comments, especially him. It was like, well, why are you doing that for? Like, why do you need to go out again? Why? why? Well, it made me more determined, if anything, yeah. to prove him wrong. Because he was very much expecting me to kind of fall on my ass and just give up. And I was like, no, nope, that's not going to happen. And within a period of three to four months, I lost three stone. I joined a triathlon club I was going out of the house for training sessions I was meeting people and you weren't
0: doing that before were you because you were kind of quite controlled by your partner so you were you were just in your house all of the time doing the kids stuff
1: yep so full-time job working from home doing the school runs making sure dinner's on the table making sure the house is clean and tidy making sure the bills were paid I was very much kind of there all the time so when I started to go out started to just swim in the evenings that's all I was doing there was nothing untoward to it I was meeting other kind of crazy people that really inspired me that, that had these crazy dreams tra- crazy goals to run ironmans and swim in the sea and to ride up hills I was like that sounds amazing and it would get me out the house so I signed up to do that I was so like right if they can do it then I certainly can yeah. And I went on this whole self-discovery journey of training to do a half iron man, which absolutely just mother half at the time just didn't like it. It was like, why do you have to do that? What are you doing tonight? Why? And I, I'd never leave him in a situation where he'd have to do anything when he was home. The washing was done. The kids were in bed. Look, just babysit your own children, please. Will, <laughs> I <just> go- <laughs> <laughs> Will I go out for half an hour? Please. And it, it led to kind of a series of really... Unfortunate events, which were pretty scary at the time. But I remember very clearly that Christmas, sat around the Christmas dinner table, knowing this was my last Christmas. This was my last Christmas in this house because a few weeks before, if not a week before, I'd gone to a PT session and walked across a train line and just thought, you know what, if I just stood here, would that matter? Would it matter really? Because I'm putting all this effort, I'm trying my best to be a better wife, trying to look better, trying to be appealing and still don't feel loved, don't feel valued, don't feel appreciated, so do I really matter? And that, for me, I thought, do you know what? What on earth are you up to? (laughs) Yeah. If you're having those thoughts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and when you look back now, it's really hard when you're in it because you think it's normal. I've been in a domestic abuse relationship and you feel it's normal and that actually the reason that they're worried about you going out and the reason they're being controlling is because they care about you and you know this is his way of caring about you and actually it's so dangerous because it keeps you away from anybody else and from seeing what's normal out there and how other people behave and how they don't behave and and I think actually that's what men like that like narcissistic abusers want they want you to not realize that actually this is an abnormal situation but it's really interesting to me how it changes over time because when you got married obviously that wasn't the case and although well, when you look back <laughs> when i look back
1: huge huge red flags i mean um wedding night uh, the weeks after our wedding our honeymoon like i look back now and i'm like oh my god you should have run like why didn't why everything changed literally when we got married that's quite was... common yeah I was very much kept from my parents but there was a little bit of a family falling out as kind of big wedding events you bring everybody together everybody has an opinion and I, I didn't speak to my mum and dad for about six months after getting married because he didn't approve of it and there was yeah there's lots that happened around there but you carry on you're like well I've got married now like I can't I've spent 20 grand <laughs> <I'm> not,
0: yeah <laughs> I can't tell everybody we're not doing this anymore what would they say and then uh, kids come along and that changes things again because you then you're there for children and and you know, you can't break up a family and all of those kind of things. And so you stay there because of that kind of situation. But it does often get to a point where you realize that things aren't right. And and tell me a little bit about because you started, you know, going out and you started doing these things. And you could tell that he wasn't happy about that in particular, but you were getting a bit of a newfound confidence because of what was happening to you. But then you found something really worrying, didn't you? And then this would have also been the point where I would have gone. No, this is not right. So, talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Well, a mini event that happened prior to that was I'd gone, like you said, my confidence had improved, and uh, all this time I'd been working full time, and he worked part time. He transitioned into a full time job, and then got a huge ten thousand pound pay rise. So, for the first time in our whole relationship, he earned more money than me, and I was like, "Wow, that's great." that's amazing like we can do this we can go on holidays we can pay for this and he was like yeah 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 we can and again red flag feeling a little bit clearer in my head and it it triggered me and I was like right okay and uh, that night after getting this big pay rise he went food shopping and he brought himself food for himself filled up the fridge with food for himself including a 15 pound piece of fresh tuna and it's a bit odd but bear with me but he brought this piece of fresh tuna. And I said to him, I was like, our oh, dinner for tonight. He went, No, that's mine. And I was like, Right, okay. So you get this big pay rise. All of a sudden, you're just looking after yourself. Whereas I look, looked after everybody. He's like, Oh, well, I can't do anything right. Ra, 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 blah, blah, blah. I don't know what you eat anymore. And he just went off on one. And I went, That is it. I cannot do this anymore. We are over. We're not married anymore. Leave. And he's like, No, I'm not leaving, Ra. This went on over a period of months. In my head, that was it, marriage over, everything done by. What proceeded was, because he didn't understand that I had this newfound strength, I had this newfound confidence, that I was actually standing up for myself. I wasn't tolerating his crap anymore. He started to stalk me. He cloned my phone. He could see all my emails, my Facebook, he put a tracker on the
0: card. was terrifying.
1: He put cameras in the house. He knew what I was doing when I was doing it. And I could see, I knew something wasn't right because he was dropping comments into conversations. I'd be talking to my friend and he would say, you speak to her all the time, don't you? And I'd be like, well, yeah, like she's my mate. Oh, okay. So, you, and he would drop in something else. And I'd be like, how do you know that? Unless he's picked up my phone or read something. And this went on for a little while and it got to a period where I went to work one day left the house purposely left my phone in the office and went for a walk went to the shops or something like that and brought the kids some iPads because if you could imagine we had two kids I think Annabelle was four or five at the time but my youngest was barely two and the atmosphere in the house was terrible and he was using her to talk to me which I found really disturbing. Oh, look at mummy. Doesn't she look nice today? And she'd be like sat there going, all right, okay. And it was just a weird vibe. So I went and got them these little tablets and some headphones, just so to protect them in this weird environment that we we're in at the moment between tuna fish gate and kind of <laughs> trying, to, trying to end my marriage, but living in this twilight zone. He picked me up from the train station after I got the train back from Guildford. And I said, oh, I brought these tablets today. He said, I didn't know you did that. I was like, "Why would would you? you? (laughs) Why would you? Like that was really odd." And I went home and I sat on the sofa and I kid you, I sat frozen for about six hours. Apart from popping to the local one stop to top up on wine and booze because I'd been sober for about five or six months at this point, and just that comment just triggered me and sent me back into this spiral of holy moly. I won't swear what is going on here I just need to just numb myself and I sat there for six hours just frozen just drinking just numbing out everything the kids were plugged in somehow I think he put them to bed I just and he's like what's wrong what's wrong and I'm like I can't like huge like thoughts going through my head I feel like I'm being watched no matter what I do and I thought if I just sit still and freeze Nothing can
0: happen. Had you worked out at this point that he that he had cameras everywhere, that he'd put cameras kind of on your phone and all of these kind of things, and that he could see everything you were doing, or were you just confused? There
1: were signs. I had an Amazon delivery come to the door, and I opened up as you do comes to the house to opened it up and didn't realize it was to him. And it was a little box, and I was like looking at it and I was like okay, put it down, and I thought something's not quite right with that. It's a very small camera. Why? When you got phones, would you need a camera? Picked it up again, and it dawned on me. I was like, "This is a spy camera." And my whole world just— remember the blood just rushing out of me. I phoned my friend. I was like, "This is what's happening." She's like, "Right, don't panic. Hide it. Don't give it to him." He made out when he asked for the, where the delivery was. He was like, "Well, it's just for work." I was like, Why didn't work order it? Why hasn't it gone to your workplace? Yeah. Oh yeah, nothing. Nothing. Don't worry. So I ended up giving it over. But at that moment, this is all happening very much in like a couple of weeks, very short time period between little things happening and that realisation of actually he is using this equipment in the house. So, yeah, I, I kind of went around... In very hyper vigilant mode Sticking my fingers up to teddy bears And just swearing at light fittings Because I I honestly I sound like a complete nutcase No but, but I, was... I
0: think that they turned you into that Like it would yeah. turn me into that Like imagining like what There are cameras everywhere You know he's watching me You can't get away from that I think there's nothing more scary Than that kind of feeling that you don't really know a hundred percent but that you are being stalked by your own husband
1: in your own home where you're meant to feel safe where your children are meant to feel safe and this went on for a very little time and it was just that one comment when i left the house i thought there's more to this there's there's something on me daily i'm holding up my phone because he knew just all my movements what i was doing what i was saying and that just I, was just, I can't live like this anymore. This is going to kill me. I'm going to do something to myself. I feel unsafe because prior to that, he, in the way that these things happen, they tell you that they can't live without you. They won't live. They're going to do something to, to themselves. And he did. He tried to commit suicide while we are on holiday, tried to drown himself in the sea. And when he came out after being rescued, this the kids were on the beach. I was on the beach and this was all going on. He came up and went, oh, well, that didn't work, did it? What happens when I think you're a mum, you almost go into survival mode. You're like, right, don't rock the boat. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Keep the kids safe. Keep the kids near you. Just try and tread carefully because what I very much believed is nobody would believe me because there was no, nothing I could show anybody. There was nothing. Yes, I'd spoken to my friend about this camera and I could say it was a rescue. There's no proof of the kind of psychological things because in all intents and purposes he came across as happy smiley they big, often do lovely yeah like, yeah they you're often the do. weirdo sarah jay like you're the one with the problem and i'm like oh <laughs> you don't know what's going on in my world and it was scary so that morning after just being frozen for six plus hours and going to bed i woke up And I thought, I can't, I don't want to live like this. Like that
0: wasn't your life. Like you were in a life that you didn't want to be part of.
1: And I felt responsible because I felt like I'd created this life. That's the thing, the weird situation that you have going on here. You have this guilt. You're like, well, I've actively participated in the creation of this relationship. What have I done wrong? I must have done something wrong. And you end up kind of piling it back on yourself. But I didn't feel safe. And in that moment... After he left the house, I was like, right, literally door shut, ran round, and you know those little 99p checkered colour carrier bags that you get yeah. from the cheap shop, loaded as much stuff in there as possible, passports, birth certificates, things that you know Jason Bourne would do to like leave the country, <laughs> just like a yeah. mad moment, and just put the kids and the dog in the car and just showed up at mum and dad's, knowing full well he would know I was there because he was tracking the car, and I said I just can't go back, and they were like okay we kind of been expecting this because we knew something wasn't right and that was it never ever went back never there was a huge fallout it was horrendous i just the worst experience of my whole life but the best because I it, knew that if I faltered and fell for the oh it won't happen again routine I would still be there
0: and and I think there is this mid zone there is this This very small line when you walk out of one life and you start another, where some people are dragged back into the life that they had before. And I think it takes a lot of bravery to stand your ground and say, no, I don't even know what this life looks like that I'm going into. I can't even picture it, but I know that it's not this. And I'm walking into that one and I've been there and I understand it. Did he ever admit to the stalking?
1: No, no and yes. He told me he had information he had pictures he was going to show it to all the mums at school he was going to post it on the internet going to take it to social services I mean I went to court over this and they didn't believe me oh they didn't believe I sat in a courtroom and said all these things happened to me and they went where's your proof the lady that I was talking to when I said about whatsapp and all these things what's whatsapp
0: um, I was like, whoa yeah, it's not <laughs> gonna
1: work <laughs> you're not gonna understand my whole world if, if you don't even grasp one application so it was a real battle and in the end I decided my life and my happiness and the children's happiness was worth more than just proving something I yeah. needed to move on I I was out of it and that was the main thing and in three months I can't even believe how quick it was from the day that I actually left and was uh, rocked up at my mum and dad's and they looked after me To getting the keys to a brand new house was phenomenal just in this but I was determined I thought I'm not going to be that person that suffers that just kind of never gets on with their life that's constantly reliving the past that's constantly in the mercy of threats and I was like no that ends you can say and do what you want I'm not there and I got the keys to my new house and just started this whole new life which is just evolved so much in the past three years since I got the keys to the house
0: because now it's all up to you now every decision you make is your decision and you can be who you want to be and I think that it's amazing when people close a door that they think had to you know, they would never get out of, and then start a new life. I've seen it happen time and time again, and see people flourish when they're given the freedom mm. to actually make something of themselves and do the things that they always wanted to do. And it's, it's amazing that you've done that and that you're in this new life. And you're now helping other women who have had adversity in their lives to find a way to making the life that they really want to have, not the life they're living now. And there will definitely be people listening to this podcast that are like, I'm in the position where I'm in a life, not necessarily just because of a, you know a narcissistic husband or domestic abuse, but other kinds of situations where they're like, this isn't the life that I wanted to live. How did I end up here? And how can I just start again? It doesn't mm. seem possible for me. So what advice do you give people who come to you who are like, I'm not happy. This isn't where I want to be. I feel like there's a different life out there for me.
1: Firstly, it's just being aware of that. I think awareness is key. I think when you numb that pain, when you try and stuff it down and you try to hide it with stuff and things, it resurfaces and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So be aware of what's going on. And adversity and unhappiness, they come in so many different shapes or forms. We're talking about kind of the extremes. But if you're not content or happy, you're not going to live your best life. That means the people around you, the ripple effects of that, are not going to have their best lives. So for me, it was being aware that I needed to do something so my kids had a better life. They didn't repeat my patterns. Secondly, Do something about it. Wishing, hoping, visualizing. It's great. It kind of sets your intentions, but take some action. Make small steps. For me, it was going to do some qualifications. I did qualifications in fitness and nutrition. I then went on to do other things and just layered on. But it just started with that one one step.
0: step. One
1: step. Just knowing that I had bigger ambitions, but I had to start somewhere. And I think that's key. Awareness and action.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and I think people often think it needs these massive steps like these huge, big shifts and actually tiny steps over a period of time. You can look back and realize how far you've come. And sometimes you even realize, actually, you are not you're no longer living the life you were living. Like when I was in corporate, I remember thinking, God, is this it? This isn't the life that I thought I'd be living. I've always wanted an extraordinary life. This isn't an extraordinary life. I'm doing exactly the same as what everybody else does. I'm I'm chained to a corporation that I can't get away from. I'm living hand to mouth. And that isn't what I wanted. And it wasn't like this massive big thing happened where I walked out of one, you know, life and, and marriage and workplace and suddenly was in another. It was tiny steps every single day to get me to the new life and it was one day I woke up and thought god I'm living the life that I've always wanted to live and And you're a
1: huge inspiration for so many people even for myself so yeah no and I think it's just like you said that one step just make a decision and do it
0: and what do you think stops people from doing that
1: fear fear of the unknown fear of what people think fear of failure and do you know what you will fail and that's fine. And you will learn and you won't do it again. And you might fail at something else and you'll learn. And that's okay. Do you know what? I the way that I see life and view life now, later on, after everything I've been through, it's almost like a game. It's like you throw a dice, just do whatever comes your way. Say yes to things. Just I mean, I'm doing it, be inspired. Honestly, close my eyes and like, I don't know how this is gonna work, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stand on stage and tell my story. Are you scared I, of that? oh my god doing this is scary telling people what happened to me what happened and I think what about the repercussions what if something else happens what if my internet gets tapped what if I these fears will always be there but I'm not letting them stop me I just and my life has just blossomed and exploded and it is because I'm not letting that fear stop me from living my life
0: yeah, we all know that fear and success don't go hand in hand. And fear is a good thing in some ways. It's I always think it's a good thing to hold on to because the fear is there for a reason. It keeps us safe. But... We have to not let it be the loudest voice in our heads, because if it is, we'd never do anything like like you. I'm terrified of stages, but I'll I'll do it because I know it's the right thing um, and will change my life. And I believe everybody has the power to have an extraordinary life, to have the life that they absolutely always dreamed of. And sometimes when you first think about it, you think, no, that's not for me. That's for other people. Like I can see how other people can have that. And I used to do that. You know, I used to look at people who were multimillionaires and who were living, you know, this lifestyle of going around the world. And I'd be thinking, yeah, yeah, we can all have that life. Can we You try, try telling me that single parent of twins, you know, who grew up in a council estate is completely different for me. I realized I was just telling myself these stories that were keeping me from doing anything. And now I live that life that I always wanted to live. And I, th- I honestly believe anyone can. And it's, I, I love talking to people like you because if I'd have told you when you were in your relationship and you were right smack bang in the middle of it, that in four years' time, things will be completely different from you. You will be so happy when you wake up in the morning. Would you have believed me?
1: Nope. I would have thought, that's my lot. That's it. What can I do? I'm powerless. And I am so far from that. I realized. I do have the power. Everybody does.
0: Yeah, we all have the power to make our own decisions at the end of the day. And of course, those decisions will always come with repercussions. And so it's about weighing up, you know, what's important for you. What is the thing that's important for you? I think life is so short and I think we get such a small amount of time on this earth that we have to do everything in our power to make sure that every second of it is doing something that we actually want to do because if if it's not then we're wasting time and we don't have time to waste i saw um steve jobs once on stage and he was talking about i think i saw it on youtube and it might still be there he was talking about how the thing that drives him is looking around a room and realizing that in just a short amount of time all of the people in that room will be gone he will Mm. be gone and it's so powerful when you think of life as as short as it it is that fear doesn't have a place there then you have to go and do things because time will run out one day and you don't want it to be running out before you've done all of the things that you really want to do and living that one extraordinary life that you want I'm so glad that you are now and that you're helping other people to do the same thing because that's what it's all about so thank you If somebody is like feeling like I know that I'm not living my potential, I know that this isn't the life I'm supposed to be in and they want to come and hang out with you and learn from you, where is the best place for them to do that?
1: You can find me at www.sj-lewis.com. You'll find all my information and lots of amazing freebies and a free group called Transform Your Life
0: brilliant and that's what it's about transforming your life and we'll put those links in the show notes as well so guys you can go straight there and have a look but please know from me and from sarah that you can transform your life we're both living proof of it there are many people when you seek them out that are living proof of this so if you're not living the life you really want to now's the time and if that includes making money online now's the time for that too i never thought 5 years ago i would ever be able to make money online and now i do and um sarah jane lewis does as well so you know there's time for you and there's it's never too late to start to change the things that you want to change in your life thanks for being here thanks for telling us your story i know it's a one of those stories that's quite vulnerable to tell because i understand the repercussions of you telling it and you know i'm honored that you've done that on this podcast so thank you for being here and thank you everybody else for listening And tune in for the next story next week.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.